there were a lot of folks who were vegan in the black community and wouldn't want to say anything. You know, I was vegetarian. I didn't want to say anything. You know, let someone come and say, hey, you you know, you're trying to force me into this lifestyle. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, KFC, Burger King, billboards are like everywhere. McDonald's arches are all over the places. And there's only about last time I saw was maybe $2 million coming from the USDA in terms of marketing and promoting fruits and vegetables and legumes and, you know, and grains. That's nothing. But McDonald's by itself, you're talking about a billion dollars in advertising costs. This is what my community is seeing. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen, or a view, or a download. Wherever it is in the world that you are, we appreciate you raising your health IQ with us. On the program today, we will be speaking with two men of many talents, the first is a friend of the show. He is the founder of Fit Fathers, Kamatni Rollins. Always get excited when he's on the show. And then making his debut today here on the exam room, joining Kamatni is a former bodybuilder, a boxing coach, a man who was certified in plant-based nutrition, who also happens to be an author and the founder of Black Veg Fest. That man of many talents is Omawale Adewale. And we're talking about two men here, talking with two men here, who are incredibly inspirational in their own communities, and today will be bringing their message to the wider audience. Getting some new ears on what it is that they have to say, their important message. And you will learn today, actually, how a diet how your diet, as a matter of fact, can make such a profound statement. How the decision not to eat meat and not to eat dairy, how that is actually a social justice movement. And social justice, if that's ordinarily not the type of thing that you study, not the type of show that you listen to, I would encourage you to take the next 45 minutes and actually give this a try. Listen to what it is that they have to say. And then hopefully, even gain some understanding. But before we get started today, I have a question for you. How would you like to join us in helping to save a life? One of the easiest ways that you can do that is simply by subscribing to the exam room by the Physicians Committee on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your shows. And when you do subscribe, leave a five-star rating and a nice review. Because every new subscription and five-star rating helps those who need this potentially life-changing and even life-saving information, helps those who need it the most get into the palm of their hands. So let's help to save that life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your shows, and leave a five-star rating. You ready? Okay, let's talk now about that intersection of social justice and the vegan movements. 
get ready for some powerful talk with Omawale Adewale and Kamatni Rollins. Time for some real talk here on the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, and we are going to be talking about a new book that has just hit store shelves called Brother Vegan. It is a follow-up to the Sister Vegan book, a smash hit that came out all the way back in 2010, and so now we get the second half. We are joined by two of the gentlemen behind the book, including its editor, who is He's a he's a modern day renaissance man. We've used that term a little bit before on the show, but man, it is really appropriate when we're talking about Omowale Adewale, uh, who is a boxing coach, a former bodybuilder. Uh, you, I mean, you were just incredible, and now you you were the co-founder of Black Veg Fest. You have so many credentials behind your name, and now we can add editor of Brother Vegan, my friend. It is so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Chuck. Appreciate it. And of course, we also have friend of the show, Kamatni Rollins, who is an inspiration, a health coach, a poet, for goodness sakes. You too, you got the writing chops as well. Uh, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, I'm just, I'm so looking forward to this half hour. And uh, first of all, congratulations on the release of the book. This has been a, a long time coming, huh? Wow. Um, this is this is beautiful. It's uh, phenomenal. And also for uh, a person in my, my position, uh, just it's being a radical, uh, unapologetically black, uh, usually you don't get the platform. And so I am very happy, uh, you know, to be here and to, to talk about this with Kamani. You don't usually get the platform, but you know what? I'm sorry to hear you say that. We're all about giving platform and, and getting to the bottom of the message. I mean, that's something that's actually been stressed really heavily by the Physicians Committee, especially over the last year, is like shining a light on a lot of these things. So honestly, let's start with this. I mean, the timing of the book to me, uh, Omawale, does not seem coincidental uh, whatsoever. I mean, did you get inspired given the, the events of the last few years that have really made this enormous splash on the national stage? Wow. Um, so <laughs> uh, it was incredible that um, Lantern had reached out to me. And, um, and, and, and of course, with the confidence of uh, Dr. A. Brees Harper, who um, uh, edited and started this series uh, with Sister Vegan. And so the fact that they came to me and uh, but they knew that I was, um, you know, the founder of Black Veg Fest and organizing to bring folks together and really kind of center what those issues are. Those uh, more marginalized voices, um, the folks on, who are on outer rim, who essentially bring up our, you know, our society and regardless of whatever it is. And when you talk about veganism, there's a lot of folks in our community who are vegan and who are vegan for health reasons, who are vegan for ethical reasons, whether it be for the planet or for the animals. Uh, and we wanted to bring all of that, you know, uh, to the center stage with Black Veg Fest. And so uh, when the, uh, the publisher had reached out, uh, I said, you know, definitely, you know. Um, and, and when you talk about the timing, Eric Adams being plant-based uh, was, was huge and when I think about the medical community and I felt like the medical community really needed to kind of um, kind of really help usher in uh, this vegan wave, this plant based, um, you know, uh, movement, uh, especially for nutrition, get into the hospitals, 
uh, especially especially uh, in terms of Western medicine. It'd be useful when Eric Adams had partnered and um, we, you know with the city, uh, De Blasio. Uh, you know, to his credit, you know, definitely allowed uh, you know plant based nutrition in terms of healing people at Bellevue Hospital. That was huge. It's groundbreaking. I don't even think people understand. And, and, and I don't know if it resonates as much as it will in, in years to come, you know, how important, you know, that was. So, yeah, we we, we definitely uh, wanted to, um, you know, jump on the timing, you know, of this uh, COVID, you know, coming in as well. At the very same time we were dealing with um, George Floyd's uh, murder you know, last year, we were also dealing with, with COVID. And so, you know, Black Veg Fest said, said, we're not just a festival, we're an organizing group. And so we got right out there and, you know, into the ground. Um, we even went to Tulsa, Oklahoma and, you know, in Juneteenth, making sure we had masks. We, you know, uh, when we do our Black Veg Fest rally, you know, last year, every single event we did, we made sure, you know, that we adhered to um, all the standards um, that we heard, you know, from the folks who, who know best in terms of how to treat COVID, uh, how to how to prevent COVID, rather uh, with masks, uh, um, having uh, the PPE that we need, um, goggles and uh, our, our face masks, and giving that out to people. We partnered with you know Dr. Brona at the same time, you know, to get you know hand sanitizers, you know, uh, soap to out to people and feed them. So you know we can make this you know egalitarian society actually you know happen. If we, you know, if we think uh, about the next person uh, and not just ourselves, and so I think that underscores, uh, you know, Brother Vegan, you know, coming out um, because our community needed, you know, they 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 wanted our voice, they wanted multiple voices, you know, um, not just one, not just a radical approach. We wanted an artistic approach. We wanted an approach to talk about mental health. We wanted a, a you know, a, a approach that came from a scientific you know, standpoint, uh, nutrition, you know, um, values, talk about the planet, you know, uh, talk about fatherhood, talk about, you know, parenting, you know, um, take the contradictions, you know, um, and, you know, evaluate our shortcomings and then, you know, come out with, you know, what some of our solutions, you know, could be. And I think that's captured in, in, in Brother Vegan, you know, and I'm so happy with everyone who um, became a, a contributor of, of Brother Vegan. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it's powerful. It, it, it's beautiful. It's what, um, you know, uh, black radicalism, you know, could be how it can uh, inspire folks, you know, not just, you know, not just now, but we know that from civil rights, you know, it didn't just impact, you know, um, you know, our community and impacted the entire, you know, nation. So uh, we're putting that on our backs. It's, it, it's stressful. <laughs> so we always need support. We need help. We need people to, you know, to grab, you know, brother vegan. This is, literally that time. Kamani, let me pivot over to you. Just talked a little bit about COVID and then you see the numbers and how a disproportionate number of black Americans are now being affected by COVID-19. And yet the conversations that I've had with our medical experts, including Dr. Kim Williams up in Chicago, renowned cardiologist, and he and I were talking about it and he's like, look, you know, when you level the playing field, when you account for everything else and you take all of these systemic issues out of the equation, if anything, black Americans are even slightly less susceptible to COVID, but then you do have all of these systemic issues that are driving up this health disparity in the country. You talk about that, 
that also has to make the timing of the book, the release of this book, the importance of you partaking in this project even more profound. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me once again, Chuck. It's always good to, uh, you know, come on here with a voice, as almost said, uh, we usually don't get um, <clears throat> platforms, you know, to uh, advance our thoughts, you know, our, our, our plans, our organization skills. So we are very appreciative of the opportunity. Um, but yeah, the book is very timely in terms of COVID-19. In fact, I mentioned in my chapter, uh, reprogramming the system just about um, how COVID-19 affects the black affects the black community. And I'm actually working through Fit Fathers, our, our foundation with our county here in Montgomery County to increase awareness of the free resources to the black uh, the black uh, residents in the county about the free resources available for COVID-19 because we are disproportionately not coming out for COVID-19 testing and we're also disproportionately um, becoming sicker and dying three times more than the general population. And this goes back to, um, like you mentioned, systemic suppression, uh, you know, way back from slavery, you know, lack of generational wealth, lack of generational health. Like we just never really had the resources um, required to live a very sustainable and enriching lifestyle. Um, you think about some of the foods and we've traditionally cooked you know, it's, it's typically been from the scraps of certain animals, you know, like pig feet and chitlins, you know, things like that, that, you know, we have, uh, you know, elevated in an aspirational aspect and never knew that it was, um, you know, damaging, you know, calling, call, <clears throat> causing, um, you know, colorectal cancers and, and um, high blood pressure and hypertension and heart disease and things like that. So when I say reprogramming the system, we have to go in and unlearn everything that we currently know about food and what is food, because a lot of the things that we have access to is not actually food. When I was growing up in Camden, New Jersey, um, my mom shopped and all we got was no frills brands. And if you lived in the inner city or the hood or the ghetto, whatever you want to call it, you know that no frills the brand, you know, mostly had a white label, uh, no nutrients, all GMOs, either GMO wasn't a term then, um, and it was the worst food you could possibly eat, but it was also the cheapest. You know, we grew up on that. We grew up on government block cheese that didn't melt when you was making a grilled cheese sandwich. We grew up on powdered milk. Um, you know, these are some of the things that we've had to deal with in minority communities. So if we did have the resources um, decade from decade, you know, we would have had the advancement. We would have had the, the nutritional education, you know, which would have put us on an equal playing field. Because when we ascertain information, we take it to another level. Hence the reason why if you see a black man go from um, a carnivore, you know, to, uh, you know, a herbivore, he will take it to that next level. He will, he will, he will preach about it. He will write books about it, as we have done with Brother Vegan. And, and shouts out to Martin Rowe, Atlanta Publishing. Um, for me, this was a follow-up to a, another book I contributed to, Running, Eating, and Thinking, which was based on plant-based runners, which I'm also thankful of being a part of. You know, so <clears throat> when when we when we receive this aspirational information, we want everyone to know about it, and we want to touch our community. In every aspect that they receive information, um, and that's why you see 
hip hop artists like Stick, you know, in the book, you know, using the music platform, you know, to reach the people. However, we glorify a message, you know, we want to be there, um, whether if it's farming, um, you know, teaching and education um, or just in everyday business world. Um, for me, when I was traveling prior to COVID-19, um, all of my uh, work constituents, when they would see what I was eating and it was unique from what they had, because I had like a colorful plate of veggies and grains and this, they'd be like, wow, what, what is that? You know, I, I think I want that. And then I break down to them. And this is not even me preaching. I'm just all to myself having a meal, a very healthy nutritional meal. And um, it grasped their attention and it, it, it enlightened them. And then when you break down the education part of it, they want a piece of that. And this is all through silence. Now, when I use my voice and become an advocate of it, now you really got people listening. You know, so my job is to use where I came from because I was there with the people. So I understand how you have to talk to them and how you have to nurture them to get to this point, because you can't use you can't use um, just like an advertising. You know, if you're trying to target the Hispanic market, there's, there's different denominations of Hispanic market, you know, whether it's Mexican, uh, Dominican um, or, or, or Miami, uh, Latinos, Cubans. You can't use the same message to reach all those different Hispanics. So the same way with our people, when you're coming from, um, you know, food, uh, you know, that, you know, created, um, you know, chronic disease and, 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 and disruption in your life. And you got to use messaging and programming that's not threatening because you don't want them to look at you now as this, you know, you're some um, king or queen or authoritarian uh, voice because now you're going to lose their attention. So for me, it feels good to be able to communicate in all these different pathways using fit fathers and fitness and nutrition, using fatherhood to teach the kids so they can grow up with the tools needed um, to understand what proper nutrition is opposed to having to reprogram like I did at 35 because I grew up and was taught the wrong things about what is true health. Yeah, man, it's you talk about the kids and the older I get, the more important it, it becomes to me that we are taught about these things at such an early age in life because that reprogramming process is hard, man, and it can be painful and confusing. But if you ingrain these healthy habits at a young age, man, it just makes all the difference in the world. Um, Omawale, I want to pivot back to you a little bit. And one of the things that I read in the jacket of the book, um, a little blurb, it was talking about why black men should go vegan. And it was referred to, as you said earlier, as a social justice movement. But I think that when uh, people hear that term, they're, they're going to think about race, uh, number one. But one of the things that was listed off here close to the top of the list, if not at the top, was, uh, you know, you were talking about 200 million animals are killed every single day, 72 billion a year. And then when you talk about, you know, sea animals, aquatic animals, you know, your fish, your oysters, things like that, you're talking 1.2 trillion of them every single year. Talk to me a little bit about how that falls into the social justice realm. Well, um, you got to first, you got to go back a bit uh, in terms of our community. And, um, you know, we have this term and the folks have heard about it. Uh, it's called uh, soul food, right? 
and we're just we're just starting to recognize and 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 uh, really kind of get out of this um, cognitive dissonance, you know, away from this, uh, which is now we understand it as you know slave food, essentially, you know, and we talk about um, pigs' feet, or if we're talking about um, chitlins, you know, and and those particular foods, and so folks are you know getting away from that, but it's a process, and and and, it, and it's work to do. So. Um, it's just like what, what Kamani was saying, uh, you really have to target and, and, and be a little bit more skilled with your message. I've been doing organizing for, you know, for a long time. If any, you know, uh, if, if that's my most, um, you know, uh, uh, loved work. Uh, and, and it's understanding and building with, you know, with my community, you know. And so I understand the, the approach, you know, might be different somewhere else. You know, and and I, I really try not to, you know, knock other uh, organizations and their methods and other entities and how they, you know, try to pull people in to to, to kind of explain to them, you know, wh what the benefits and uh, of, of veganism are and what the negatives, you know, are in, in terms of consuming meat. So when I approach the community, you know, we're talking about we have to talk about, you know, slavery. You know, we have to talk about, you know, um, you know, the middle passage and, and going through that process. We were eating trash. We were eating, you know, um, you know, garbage ever since we, you know, we came off the, you know, um, you know, from, you know, the continent, you know, of, of, of Africa, uh, particularly West Africa and, and Central Africa, you know, where uh, we had a more, um, you know, more of a diet of, you know, cassava leaves, you know, uh, you know, black eyed peas, and these are some of the foods that we, you know, we brought with us, you know, uh, those partic some particular, um, you know, greens, you know, uh, as well. Um, there's actually a cassava leaf um, meal and it's incredibly delicious. And the cassava leaf and just to go in, you know, in terms of, the, you know, the history and how it's being, it, it's out there, um, it, it, it still uh, thrives today, you know, and, and you can find it in, in, in Ghana or parts of Nigeria, basically West Africa. The cassava is just this leaf and they grind it, grind it up. Uh, and the palm oil is sustainable. It's different than other palm oil in, in say like Southeast Asia or parts of Brazil, you know, um, because um, the, 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 um, the, the orangutan, which is usually harmed in, in, in terms of the, um, you know, uh, uh, in terms of the, uh, the harvesting, you know, of palm oil, you know, but it's not native to Ghana. So therefore, you know, they're able to, you know, create and, and you know, and, and, and make palm oil out of, out of Ghana. So it's one to, you know, um, make that clear, but it's the main ingredients are the cassava leaf, you know, um, and, you know, and, and the palm oil. And, uh, and they, they, you know, of course, they, they, they season it. And it's a delicious, you know, delicious type of, uh, you know, meal. And so this has become, this is a, one of the staples, you know, there and um, which, you know, you'll find among, uh, you know, Yoruba, you know, um, you know, folks is, you know, as, you know, as well. And so once we, you know, got to the middle passage and, you know, came to, you know, America, what we were receiving, you know, from our, from the slave master was, you know, chitlins, you know, basically, the, um, you know, you know, after they finished with this animal, after they've eaten all of, you know, what is, you know, termed as, you know, good meat, you know, within this, that, that animal, you know, um, we got the leftovers to keep us just living enough so that we can do work, you know, on, on the land, right? Okay, so now, 
well, we have we we had to get some you know uh, some traction. So we have a little bit of traction, you know. Now, you know, when you talk about the you know go through the fifties and go to the sixties of us, you know, um, living, we're not just here to make money for capitalism. We're not just here to kind of work. Nobody's here to just work. You know, you don't just wake up and just like okay, we're going to go ahead and work. You're living a life. You know, we're we're living a life. When you talk about civilization, you're talking about living a life. You know, um, you know, uh, you know, making it more quality. You know, uh, 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 you know, creating more quality or, or around that life. You know, um, in, in terms of the, you know, the sharing. You know, uh, obviously, you know, you're going to be um, this this trade and in, in, in involved uh, international trade. Uh, and we, we're going to be talking, you know, discussing food. But at the very same time, we are talking about you know local. Uh, community and a global, you know, community. How do you actually uh, allow that ecosystem to continue to, you know, to, to thrive? You know, you treat people, you know, um, essentially, you know, as, as you would, you know, want to be treated. So, um, so we are finally getting closer having the dialogue, right? We haven't really gotten to doing doing the work. Everybody's not on the same page with the particular work right now in, in terms of the, you know, the mainstream. You know, um, it's 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 not, you know, be healthy. It's like, you know, wait till you get sick and then you go to the doctor. You know, it's not take care of yourself. It's like, you know, wait till you have that illness, you know, and, and, and that that disease. And then you'll kind of find out like that's helpful. However, we need to have more of an understanding of where we are as, um, you know, a, you know, blackness. So what Brother Vegan essentially does is like, hold on a second. Wait, there's a lot of conversations that need to happen, you know, as it intersects with, you know, uh, health, um, as it intersects with, you know, the, the health of, you know, us personally, but um, the health of other animals besides us and you know, the health of this ecosystem that, you know, that we have. So it's very, you know, much based in, you know, uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, social justice, because we, we now have to overcome to get the right information, find out where the right information, you know, is when it comes to um, when it comes to eating, you know, properly. We went from, you know, you know, eating, you know, uh, you know, closer to what we, you know, uh, how we should be eating to eating, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, garbage that it gives us, um, you know, high, you know, blood pressure, you know, uh, heart disease, essentially, you know, uh, and, and we're talking about, you know, the entire nation, really, you know, um, uh, heart disease is number one, you know, killer for, you know, 90 plus years, you know, so it's it's still going strong, uh, is especially, you know, um, dangerous for our community because we can't afford health care. So we're more um, likely to fall through those gaps when we don't have universal, uh, universal health care. So I do want to, you know, say that, you know, that's one of the, you know, things that my organization, Grassroots Artists Movement, been working on for, you know, for 20 years. I remember when, um, um, you know, uh, uh, rest in power uh, to John Conyers, um, you know, uh, who, who who started with the bill HR 676, you know, um, some years ago. And this is before, you know, Bernie Sanders had, you know, ever jumped on, you know, universal health care or Medicare for all, you know, essentially the same thing, right? Um, so when he put that out, I remember 2004, 2006, I testified, you know, in front of, you know, in front of Congress, it came, you know, um, you know, of course, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, to, to New York to, so we can have that testimony, you know, but 2004, 2006, we were advocating for universal health care, you know, it's kind of, you know, how we got into 
to the work, but it 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 folk it was at that time, of course it was harder on organizers and activists who were doing the work because we just necessarily just do the work. We ne- we we have to have it happen. Uh, it, it it we couldn't um, we can't wait for you know our jobs. Not all jobs have universal health care. I mean, not all jobs have you know uh, um, you know medical. Uh, they don't. You, you're not receiving, you know, Medicare medical uh, if you're, you know, part time for, you know, many jobs. You know, so that's it's always a social justice, you know, issue when we're talking about, you know, health and, you know, and our people. Um, because right, if there's layers on top of, top of layers uh, of oppression, you know, whether we're talking about race and especially when we talk about gender, you know, outside the, you know, um, you know, cis, you know, cis head. Um, so. That is a conversation that we, you know, we 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 go into and within the book. There's still uh, so much work to actually be, you know, uh, be done. Because um, one of the other points that you, you know, you were um, getting at is that, you know, when people hear black, um, it's different than hearing um, anything else. You know, African American or hearing just African or hearing more. You hear black, and yeah, you think about culture just like you hear those other terms, but you also think about in terms of um, resistance. You think about radical, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, radicalization, you know, of, you know, of, of, our, of our issues, you know, and it's very much so when, when we use, when we use those terms, because we really mean that in, 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 in the idea of, you know, veganism, that everybody who is vegan or plant-based should be radical. It is a radical idea. It's very radical. You know, uh, we don't handle um, things in, 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 in Western America, you know, uh, and we don't handle, um, you know, heart disease, you know, all the same way. No, we, we, we handle them, you know, through um, the, the approach that is, you know, you know, um, written out in, in the medical industry, you know, that help, that that makes, you know, folks more money. Right. Um, so, but the, the, the radicalization, you know, of, of say that Dr. Milton Mills, you know, who's in Brother Vegan, you know, talks about, you know, um, the, one of the best things that you can do, you know, is go vegan, you know, for your health, you know, um, and, 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 and also, you know, Dr. Roba, you know, as, you know, as well, uh, you know, covers this, you know, this, this idea. So it's already radical, but I, I think that when we know, um, that, you know, when white folks hear, you know, the, the, the term, you know, black, when they, whenever they hear the word black, you know, it, 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 it says so much that, oh, this is, you know, this this is radical radicalization. But I was, you know, I wasn't too surprised, you know, but we shouldn't be hearing from, you know, uh, white vegans, you know, cause they're already doing radical work. You're already doing radical work. You know, when you talk about, you know, ending factory farming, you don't want to see, you know, uh, factory farming, you know, thrive. You know, um, we don't want to see, you know, necessarily, you know, the doors to McDonald's to continue, to, to, you know, to stay open, you know, um, and where you are having, you know, hundreds of millions uh, of, you know, of, of cows, you know, dying, you know, every single day. And there's every bit of piece, you know, of that particular cow, whether it be the skin, whether it be um, the intestine or uh, it, it, it being the bones, you know, that is able to be, you know, um, commodified you know, uh, within this system. So it's a horrible system. So you have to be radical when you approach that. You, when we, we have to be radical to not allow the same things, you know, to, to continue on. So we're naturally going to be radical. Um, and I believe this approach is, it should be more palatable, you know, uh, in, in, in producing, you know, an egalitarian system where we are sharing, 
you know, uh, our wealth. And we are getting through um, this issue. We, we had a lot of this, you know, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues in terms of, uh, you know, black ventures happening in New York City. If we did not work with, uh, you know, Eric Adams, you know, we would have been shut. We would have been shut down. Uh, it was that was the hardest thing we had to do was work with uh, New York City. And in terms of producing, you know, black veg fest, folks should see the name, even when Live Kindly put it out uh, or Veg News, when they would, you know, um, post it, you know, and, and, and some of our, um, you know, white organizations, organizations that were supportive, um, they would get comments, you know, on there that were, you know, that were harmful. But people were able to kind of, you know, to see, you know, now, you know, a few years later, you know, um, a lot more that it's a progressive movement. It's another strategy in terms of, you know, opening it up. But we still there's, there's still much more to happen in, 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 in comes, uh, you know, Brother Vegan, you know, to help uh, with that movement. Kamatni, uh, let me pivot over to you here and ask you this question. Obviously, we're talking about the scales of equality in this country, very much not equal at all. Um, and it's going to take a lot to get to this. So I'm going to couch this with a big if, okay, realizing that this is just part of the problem. But if the health playing field was leveled, if it became equal across all races, what would that do in terms of equality for this country when you have an entire population now, segment of the population, who is not being bogged down with increased rates of heart disease, of diabetes, of cancer, all of these things that are not only harming the quality of life, but quite literally shaving years off of it as well? Yeah, for one, um, you know, since the black male, you know, is, you know, dying off because of these lack of resources, you see a lack of, you know, reproduction. So um, in terms of diversity numbers, um, uh, there'll be much more growth at this point where we are, you know, 12, 13% of the population, um, that number should have been, you know, much higher, but, you know, we are up against so much, you know, not only in terms of nutrition, but uh, <laughs> just being a black man in this, in this country, you know, um, early deaths from um, police brutality um, and gun violence and, you know, things that cripple us because we never really had that opportunity. You know, when I was in college, I had a scholarship, you know, to play running back. And although everything was given to me from a resource point, housing, food, et cetera, et cetera, you know, athletes on scholarship couldn't earn money. And my family didn't have money to send me. So what would I do? You know, you start scheming, you know, so that's commonality, you know, and, and young black men recruited from the inner city to play for big universities. You know, we have to live somehow outside of the basics that they're giving us. So, you know, we hustle a lot of time that hustle gets us in trouble. So it's always been, you know, a lot of uh, uh, red flags and hurdles in, in our way. And, you know, for me, I could have felt victim to the environment and, um, you know, the lifestyle from that environment I came from. But I knew if I educated myself, if I took um, a, a more positive path, you know, then, you know, I can hurdle over those obstacles. Um, and, that, and, and, and that's the case for most, you know, black men in the inner city. You know, if given the right resources, they're going to do amazing things because, you know, we're thinkers. You know, we're very ana analytical you know, we're always accumulating knowledge, 
you know, you see it in examples like, you know, Malcolm X, you know, when he went to prison in Boston um, for six years, you know, he didn't fight against the system. He educated himself. He got his wordplay down, his acumen up. He studied, you know, the, the vocab of, of, of the mainstream. So when he did get out, you know, he was sought after not only from black media, but from mainstream white media. And a lot of people couldn't handle him because, um, you know, his level of education was just so profound. They didn't know how to interview the brother. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, that is within all of us if we're given equal resources, you know? So for example, me, you know, when you look at my story, this kid from Camden, and now I'm an author and I'm a publisher and I'm trying to create content to reach back to the same place where I came from. So those brothers won't make the same mishaps that I did and can elevate themselves. And we do become um, on an equal playing field because like Omar Wale said, you know, the food traditionally in our traditional cultures, you know, was there, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, when I go to Jamaica, you know, I'm seeking out, you know, Itao food, um, which is the vegan version um, in their lingo. Um, and it's very pure food, you know, whole grains um, <clears throat> and things like that. Um, when I go to um, uh, South America, you know, I'm seeking out, you know, plant-based foods. Or when I go to Africa, like uh, e Egypt, you know, I'm eating the kashari, which is their national dish, but is actually vegetarian. Um, actually, it's vegan. Um, you know, lentils, <clears throat> uh, pasta, chickpeas, and brown rice. You know, so, <clears throat> you know, from my standpoint, I'm not waiting until uh, a negative act uh, happens to me from a medical standpoint. I'm not going to wait till I have um, a heart attack uh, or, or a cancerous episode. I'm going to utilize the tools and resources I have to prevent that because right. the fact that traditionally we haven't had the, you know, the access to health care and we don't get our annual biannual checkup so we don't get blood work done, you know, to see if we're pre-diabetic um, <clears throat> um, uh, or, 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 or to see what our cholesterol levels are so we can make changes to lower it. We just continue, you know, the same old cycle. So that's what I, I say again about reprogramming the system. And I think if we were on that same playing field, if we had those same resources, if we had that same generational wealth that allows us to buy real estate and pass it down to our seeds um, or, or, or the knowledge that, you know, these foods, you know, the, all of these cruciferous veggies, um, starting with collard greens, you know, are more health enhancing um, and that we don't have to season it with bacon. You know what I'm saying? Then, of course, you know, we're going to increase our numbers. We're going to lessen the chronic disease. And we definitely wouldn't be in this uh, dismal state that we're in with COVID-19. No doubt. And we only have uh, just a couple of, of minutes left. Uh, Oma Wale, I want to come back to you really quickly and uh, ask you this. If you Talk to me, maybe two-minute answer here. Um, what is the stigma surrounding a plant-based diet within the Black community still? Because when I, I spoke with Tracy McWhorter, uh, not that long ago, a brilliant mind. Uh, she was telling me that, uh, as you were explaining earlier, it's like, look, the notion of a vegan diet is nothing new 
in the community. But the thing is, it's it's quite literally been washed away and replaced by all of these ultra processed unhealthy foods like you were talking about a little bit earlier. So what is the stigma that you are still facing as far as getting members, black men to listen uh, to to your message? And how are you able to tear down those walls? Uh, thank you. Uh, first, uh, big shout out to uh, Tracy McGregor. Uh, so it's it's very similar to what um, Kamani, I, I start with what Kamani was saying in terms of ITAL. Uh, when I first found out about, um, you know, vegan food, it was from, and I hadn't internalized it yet. Uh, so this is maybe, um, this is even before I went vegetarian. You know, I'm, I'm before, I, before I was even 10 at the International African Arts Festival, uh, which has been going on for about 50 years now. And, you know, in Brooklyn, you know, I had some ITAL food. And um, the brother there, you know, was Rasta, uh, Rastafarian, and he was explaining to me. And of course, I couldn't really grasp it. But, um, you know, every year, you know, there will be some vegan food and it just never really uh, clicked to me. Now, see, when I'm talking to uh, my community, I know what their apprehension is. And so I start with that often. And, and, and I talk about, you know, our culture. And I give them some ground and some some history, you know, with it, and and it becomes a it becomes very easy. And then also the fact that they can see me doing it in private, the fact that I use myself um, as an example always. I talk about my you know my my heart disease that I had at 15. I was diagnosed with um you know hypertension. Um, so. <laughs> And I was taking uh, hydrochlorothiazide, you know, uh, about like 18, 19 years old. Um, and then I had I wanted to get off of it. But and that's kind of how I started to uh, become vegetarian. So I give them this background. I talk to them about, you know, how when I stopped uh, consuming anything with milk, anything with dairy, anything with dairy, um, that uh, it really just uh, cleared up my chronic bronchitis. Uh, all that mucus that's in the milk was, you know, was gone. They resonate with that. The problem that they have with veganism is that it's seen as very white and that they see also Peter's message and they don't like Peter's message. You know, uh, they can see sometimes that they, you know, uh, they don't like that it's compared to slavery, um, you know, you know, often um, because like what makes, um, you know, a white person go vegan comparing it to what? You know what I mean? So you don't necessarily. So they don't like that. And, and, and we read, we watch that. We see that on billboards. We, we, you know, we see that in different commercials. They don't like the the, the style of it. Um, they don't like going to um, health health um, events, uh, vegan events, and feeling uncomfortable. Like no one is actually speaking, you know, uh, to them. That it's not, folks. You know, um, I'll end it with this. Uh, in in. Um, I won't say which festival, you know, um, but they had 40 something, you know, speakers. I was the only um, the only black person there uh, was the only I was the only black man. Of, of course, I was the only black person. They had no black women, you know, there out of 40 something. And then they only had two people of color. I was included in that. Uh, that was 2013. Um, so I was able to talk to that person after. Um, and, and, and really get them to understand that it's all about the organizer, you know, in terms of how you do these events and, um, it, 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 and bring people in. So they really don't want to um, look at veganism, go to veganism because it's like, oh, that's just packaged stuff. Um, but veganism is your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, your, you know, your, your pastas, 
you know, um, your sauteed, you know, vegetables, your ital stews, you know, um, all, all of that, you know, make your bean burgers, you know, um, you know, I mean, you can make your pancakes and your French toast without any, without any eggs, without any dairy. You know, I do it all the time. I put it in my book, An Introduction to Veganism, Agricultural Globalism. But a lot of the black community was, you know, seeking, seeking out this information. I do want to make clear about that. They were seeking out this information. They didn't like that they were being pushed um, out of the conversation in such a way that was, you know, uh, you know, very white. And uh, and so they, you know, they we, we understand very differently. And there were a lot of um, folks who were vegan. And in, in the black community, he wouldn't want to say anything. You know, I was vegetarian. I didn't want to say anything. Let someone come and say, hey, you you know, you're you're trying to, you know, you know, force me into this lifestyle. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, yeah. it's KFC, you know, <laughs> you know, Burger King billboards are like everywhere. McDonald's <laughs> arches are all over the places. And there's only about um, I, last time I saw was maybe two million dollars coming from um, your, uh, the, the USDA you know, in terms of um, marketing and promoting, you know, fruits and vegetables and, you know, and uh, legumes and, you know, and grains, that's nothing. You're not going to see that most people, but um, this, you know, but McDonald's by itself, you're talking about a billion dollars in advertising costs, you know? So um, this is what my community is seeing. So it's, 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 it's not monolithic. It's not everybody was looking at, you know, um, veganism as, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I can't bear it, but um, there's there's some of that, and and hopefully you know it's it's cleared up, you know um, you know quite a bit, and it will be with uh, with with brother vegan and, and sister vegan, and want to definitely you know bring back you know uh, sister vegan, and, and and people have not purchased that, you never got that copy. This is the perfect time to get sister vegan and brother vegan. And as we wrap up, I want to just kind of say it simply as this, right? So. If you strip away uh, a lot of the things here, I think anybody, regardless of race, uh, can get on board with the idea of going vegan for one of three reasons, right? So it's either going to be for their health, it's going to be for the environment, or it's going to be for the animals. And so when you take away all that other external noise and distraction, I think that those are three things that the majority of people on this planet can get on board with. And I don't care what their background is. I don't care what their culture is, what the color of their skin is. One of those three things is going to click for them. And so when you have just three things and such a huge population that falls into one of those three categories, man, you have a lot of common ground. So I think that there is a lot of commonality here, and that is a great way for all of us to kind of come together and knock off a lot of this nonsense that we continue to see here that's, you know, keeping so many people down and then the systemic racism, like it's, ju it's just garbage. So gentlemen, I appreciate both of you so very much for being here today and congratulations on the release of the book. Please everybody go pick up a copy again. You can find a link to pick that up right now in the episode notes. Kamatni Omawale, thank you guys so very much you are just fantastic thank you brother thank you for having us when you pick up your copy of brother vegan and you look at who else contributed to the book you will see a couple of familiar names if you've been listening to the exam room for any length of time the first eric adams a gentleman who was able to fully reverse his diabetes and regain his vision. 
such an inspiring story because Eric also went on to become the president of the borough of Brooklyn in the city of New York. Such a great story. And also on there is a phenomenal physician, a gentleman who is so well steeped in nutrition science. Great guy. You've seen him in a lot of documentaries as well. Dr. Milton Mills, also a contributor to Brother Vegan. <laughs> and now I told Kamatni and Omawale after we finished recording the interview, we were just kind of sitting around talking some more before we said our goodbyes. And I said to them, you know, I really wish when we were talking about chitlins that we said what chitlins actually were. And they thought that that was a great idea. So keeping a promise to them, I went over to Merriam-Webster to grab the definition of chitlins, if you're unfamiliar. And chitlins, that is a noun, and the definition reads, the intestines of hogs, especially when prepared as food. Yeah, so chitlins, when you eat them, you are dining on hog intestine. Let that marinate in your brain for a little bit. But you're not just eating hog intestine. You're eating a whole lot that goes with this intestine. So I pulled the nutrition info for chitlins as well. And this is for a single three ounce serving. So just three ounces of chitlins will also yield 17 grams of fat, eight grams of saturated fat, and a whopping 235 milligrams of cholesterol. That is a lot of cholesterol. But hey, three ounces of chitlins also has 11 grams of protein. So you've got that going for you, which is nice. But you know what else has 11 grams of protein? Two thirds of a cup of black beans. But you know what those black beans don't have? Any of the fat, any of the cholesterol. As a matter of fact, that two thirds of a cup of black beans will actually lower your cholesterol. So which would you rather have? Hmm, I'm going with the heart healthy black beans. All day, every day. Speaking of heart health, I want to talk to you a little bit about heart disease for a moment. It is a fact that blacks are more than twice as likely to die from heart disease than people of Asian descent. They're also more likely to die from it than someone who is Hispanic. Certainly more likely to die from it than someone who is white. But the thing about heart disease is that it is completely colorblind. Heart disease does not discriminate. It is the leading cause of death in the United States, taking out nearly 660,000 people every single year. That breaks down to one person every 36 seconds. That's someone's father, their mother, their brother, their sister, their grandparents, their friend, wife, their husband, every 36 seconds. And that also means 
that nearly 90 people will have died from heart disease during this podcast. 90 people. That is really depressing. But we also have hope to offer. We want to offer you hope, and we want to offer hope to those who you hold close to your heart. Because heart disease is also one of the most preventable diseases. And that is why on Saturday, April 17th, the Physicians Committee will proudly present the Plant-Based Heart Health Immersion. And on that day, we invite you to join us, join leading nutrition experts to learn how a plant-based diet can improve the health of your heart. And you're going to get this life-changing and life-saving information about the role that nutrition plays in those comorbidities that are associated with COVID-19 and weight management, how to keep those unwanted pounds away and lowering your blood pressure as well and diabetes and cholesterol. We're going to tie all of that together on Saturday, April 17th to make you a heart health all-star. And we would love for you to join us. You can do that right now. Head on over to pcrm.org slash immersion to register. And you do get a discount, by the way, if you register with a friend or a family member. You guys want to team up for heart health, do it together. You can save some money at the same time. Save some money and maybe even save your life. So pcrm.org slash immersion. And that's going to do it for us today. I want to say thank you one more time to Kamatni Rollins and Omawale Adewale for joining us here today. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based. <laughs>